Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, hosting Loving That Sports Talk. You know, it's another great day in Phoenix, and I'm glad to be out here. Glad to be in the studio. I got a great guest today. Gonna have another great guest call in today, but it's unbelievable. Normally, I'm on the um, mic talking football and basketball and baseball, but I got a, a surprise for you guys today. We're gonna talk soccer and dance. You know. So I got a great guest today, um, Sarah Taylor. You here today, Sarah? Hey there, James. Thanks for having me on your show. I, thanks for you being here. You know, Sarah, you know, I know you from, you know, back, um, you know, a while back, you know, doing a couple of fundraiser events. And, mm-hmm. and I know you do a lot of great things and for the Phoenix area. But tell um, the listeners out there a little bit about yourself. Basically, James, I've been a dancer my whole life. Started when I was four years old. Um, Mum sent me to classes because I was too hyperactive. Um, and she thought that might calm me down. Um, I was really, really lucky. I got a scholarship to go to professional dance school from the age of 10 right the way through, got all my teaching qualifications, graduated from a professional ballet school at the age of 21, went to Germany, taught over there, um, eventually met my other half over there, came back to England, and that was when I had a bit of a break to start a family, and then we're dancing again now, so. Well, tell them um, what you do out here in Phoenix. You know, you have your own dance studio, you're the owner of it. I do. I teach um, a dance called Ciroc. Um, Ciroc isn't known over here in the States yet. Um, They do teach it in Florida, but it's just Florida and Phoenix, and that's it. But it's known worldwide everywhere else. You know, we've got it um, the UK, Hong Kong, Singapore, Russia, Dubai. I mean, it's all over the place. Um, And it's a mixture between swing and salsa. But the reason it's so popular is it's partner dancing, obviously, so you get to meet people, and it's very, very sociable. But it's also really easy. It doesn't have any complicated rhythm patterns. It's basically no footwork. It's dead easy. Um, and you can dance it to any kind of music. So there's something for everybody. So what you're saying, I got no footwork. I'll be able to do this? Absolutely. <laughs> if you're going to challenge me, James, I'm going to get you dancing. Hey, don't, I love a challenge, you know. But, but basically what, what we're going to talk about today while I have you in here, one, you know, I'd like to everybody know, you know, later we'll talk about the great things you're doing and, you know, the help you need out there. Two, um, how it is, like, I think anything that you compete or what you try is a sport, and it's something that, you know, you need to learn and what the kids need to learn of 
their work habits and all like that, and we get into talking about that. Absolutely. And two, and your son is playing soccer, and we talk about a little soccer. Yeah. And get that. So we got a great show today. So let's get ready. Good stuff. Why don't let's talk about you know, um, you know, we, before the show started, me and you was talking about how work habits is different from soccer to football. How's it different from dancing? Because dance can help an athlete, can it? Oh, absolutely. Um, somebody was telling me you might know him. There's a, apparently there's a, a famous American footballer that did ballet swan. Well, is his name Swan? No? Lance Swan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, um, somebody tells me he's great, you know, athleticism and all that. Mm. Um, with ballet, it's like anything or any kind of dance. You know, if, you're, if you want to do this as a profession, you have to knuckle down and stick in and be really, really determined to work hard. You know, at college, I literally danced from 9 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock at night, and that was Monday through Saturday. Mm. Um, you know, and when the summer holidays came and we had a six-weeks break... You know, you didn't really want to take a six-week break because when you came back in, you were stiff as all get out. You know, you couldn't move your legs and your arms, and it was really hard work. It's You've got to be determined to really go for it. I'm not to cut you off, but you say you worked from from Monday to Saturday. Why did you do that? Because I love dancing, and because. it's it was such um, a passion that was in me. You know, when the music came on, I could express myself. I was doing something that I really, really wanted to do. And at the end of the day, if I was going to make it within the dance world, you know, you've got a short career as a dancer. Mm. You know, your your body can only take so much of that physical, you know, stretching. And, you know, it, it's hard work, right. you know. And if anybody tells you point work doesn't hurt, you know, when you're standing on your toes, mm. the lion, it really <laughs> does hurt. You know, so you, you've got to be determined. You've, you've got to do it. You know. So my point while I was making, what it was great that you, you said that was, like when you say with football, whatever, you work to make the, what yourself better. Absolutely. That's what we try and tell these younger kids. You got to put that time in, right, sir? Yep. I mean, I certainly didn't get to where I was playing a PlayStation game. Right. It didn't help me. You know, it, it wasn't no. going to happen. I had to get myself, you know, in that studio, you know, blood, sweat and tears, literally, you know, and that was how I got to where I was. And I did more in my career than I ever thought I wanted to. I only ever wanted to teach. I went to Germany, you know, teaching over there. Um, I was the main teacher for that school. Oh, you mean, huh? And they, I mean, within a year, we went from 200 students to about 350. Oh. Um, you know, just because we could put extra programs in there with me being there. Mm. You know, and I'm not trying to be big-headed or anything like that, not right. at all. It's just that, you know, I took the qualifications from the UK, you know, and they really loved it because it was the Royal Academy of Dancing, so. No, what happened, Sarah, when, like, what you say, where your toes on like that started to hurt? Did you want to give up? I mean, what, like you said, you had that passion, but most of the young kids, you know, and I'm trying to focus on the young kids yep. that we do, they want to give up because, you know, they don't want that pain and fill up, you know, like, oh, I'm hurt and I want to take a break, I got an injury. What what pushed you more and more to keep doing it? And, and what can you tell the young kids to keep going on and focus on? Well, when there's, I mean, there was times that you wanted to give up. You know, I would be dancing on stage. You know, we had where our feet would actually bleed through the shoes sometimes. Mm. You know, I mean, awful. Oh, you know, fair? or you have injuries and you just think, I'm never going to get better. When am I going to start dancing again? And that's when you've really got to, you know, focus on the people that are around you that can motivate you. Mm. But if you don't have a really good support network around you, you know, then look at the TV, go, you know, go back to, you know, who inspires me, what inspires me, you know, and work on that, you know, watch people that you think are the most amazing athlete out there, is that's who you want to be, that's where you want to go, 
you know, and focus on that, and that will keep you going. Well, let me let me um, go back. You know, I want to stop you because, but you say focus on TV. Is TV good for kids nowadays? Because now you're seeing all these athletes. There's so much bad stuff that happened on TV. Do we want to focus on? I mean, I watched a great show. Um, I didn't know Alma, and I'm listeners out there. I started crying. You know, <laughs> I watched it with Michelle, but um, the show called Surfer. With a young mm-hmm. girl, you know what I'm talking yep, about? Yep. And that movie was, well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That type of movie that inspired you, you know, but do we want to focus on TV? Isn't TV bad for us nowadays? Depends I, what you're watching. But, you know, but what you're saying, when I grew up where we didn't have a PlayStation game. We went out and played the sport out in the street and, mm-hmm. and grind. But is it, Sarah? I mean. Well, when I say watch TV, I mean things like, you know, for me, you know, I'd watch ballets. Okay. You know, you right. know, Swan Lake and things like that that would come on and I'd think, oh, wow, that that partnership is amazing. Her lines are beautiful. Yeah. Her, you know, look what she's doing, and that is what would inspire. Yeah. You know, because you think I want to be there. I, that I want to be me. That has to be me. You know, I want to be in that music video. I want to make my own music video yeah. because people forget that. You know, dancers. I mean, it's so difficult. It really, really is to you know get your technique up and and all the rest of it. They really are true athletes, um, and. I don't know. It's just you got to keep going. You just got to yeah, keep yeah. going. Find whatever motivates you, whether it be music, whether it, you know, be other ballets that have already been done, or hip hop routines, or you know, salsa, or you know, go to Spain, go and do flamenco. You know, do whatever you need to do. I did. From, I did flamenco, and that was nice. And you know, but anyway, but anyway, we we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but uh, they got to find something, like you say, motivate you, right? Yeah. And is that what you're saying? Like set a goal, or you know, absolutely. Like how would you say that to somebody out there young? Um, just have an idea in your head of where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, my son, he's a soccer player. Okay. What he wants to do, his Liverpool Football Club is his, is his dream. He loves Liverpool Football Club. You know, so his ideal would be to play for them. Right. You know, so rather than, you know, if he's, um, you know, feeling a little bit unmotivated, the first thing he wants to do is play FIFA on the on the PS3. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, watch the game. You know, and then he'll see his players and I'll look at that cross. You know, and then a bit later on, we might go down to the park and he'll try working on his crosses. Right. You know, to try and get to that position. So, PlayStation games are bad for kids now. What you say? Well, there's other things that they can do. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, you know, me and you might disagree with that, but I think. Them sitting there with their fingers, they're more out there on the field, running around or in the street playing. It's more better than sitting there with their fingers, just sitting there. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Be more active, you know. But these games are so, and like, the technology is like, it's almost live. And they'd rather be sitting there than out there. You agree? Uh, yeah, I do. I do agree. It's what they want to do. But, you know, you look at, you know, all the old athletes. Before money really came into sport, what did they do? They went out into a park. Yeah. They had they made like well for soccer they made two goalposts. Yeah. You know, one was a jacket, one was a stone. That was yeah. your goalposts, um, and it, it didn't really matter. You know, you played with whatever ball you had. Could be a tennis ball, and you'd still be playing. It didn't matter. You just yeah. used what you had because money wasn't such an issue. You so, know. So what you said now? We're gonna get in there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on you now. That's Sarah. all right. You're going back to where the game where I talked to people about the game of football. It was mm-hmm. the love of the game. Now it's money. Yeah. That's the same. That's what you said. Yep. I, I yeah. think I think we've got to a stage where, um, well, I mean, we're coming across this with our football club, and I'm sure, well, soccer club, and mm. we'll talk about that. But you know, where you've got kids that are really, really, really talented, 
and unfortunately they don't have the financial backup to nurture that talent and unless you see somebody that's a scout and say look you can come to my club for free of charge or mm -hmm. you you know that kid's going to go unnoticed you know and really they've got this um gift you know and it can't really grow to its potential because it doesn't have the financial backup behind it you know like you say we'll talk about that because like i said i grew up in a poor neighborhood and i had to um i didn't have the money going like you say this mm -hmm. poor that um the gang you know brought my cleats because i wouldn't join it but they're like hey they respected me so they took care of buying my football cleats yeah you know but Look, you're right. These kids had the time, but they don't have the money. And like I said, we got to talk about that and yeah. get to know where, how we can help these kids. Cause yeah. That's what my show is. I love to go out and do fundraising to help the kids. And you're right, you know. Mm -hmm. <coughs> One of the kids that don't have the money with the time, they want to do that. But then they stray off and they get in all these trouble. And that's why we need to help these kids. Absolutely. So, But definitely like what you say, you know, um, come on, Sarah, keep talking. Don't, don't <laughs> give me, you know, I, I love what you say. You know, these kids... With this talent, they have to have an ideal. You know, I had a goal, and each one time I set that goal, you know, I, I set another goal. Yeah. So I keep reaching, you know, but I didn't set the top goal because I didn't want to reach that one, try and jump to that one. So I set small goals to get to the top. Got to build your foundations. Right. You got to mm -hmm. crawl before you walk, what Absolutely. I would say. You know, and that's what you would say, you know, have an ideal. Everybody want to be professional, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, is that what you wanted to do when you was dancing? It, um, The thing for me is, I always wanted to teach. I get so much enjoyment out of seeing other people reaching potential okay. and their enjoyment. Um, so when I first went away to college, um, we had three courses that you could audition for: the teachers' course, the, the you know the, the performers' course, and then mm -hmm. the classical course. Now this over here or the UK? This was in the UK. Okay. And um, the classical course was like the be all and end all. Everybody thought the classical course was the bee's knees. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to do the classical course. I want to do the teachers' course. So I went and I auditioned for the teacher's course and I, you know, got in yeah. and uh, on scholarship. And, you know, the college actually asked me if I would transfer to the classical course. Oh, yeah? And I was like, thank you, but no. And everyone was like, what? What did you say no for? You're an idiot. You know, and I was like, no, I'm not because I can get injured tomorrow. Right. And then I'm never going to be able to perform. Um, and I get so much enjoyment from teaching. So... For me, I had to think of my bigger picture. You know, I didn't want that prize of what other people was the prize. Right. I wanted to think, where do I want to go? You know, and I followed, I followed my heart, and I, I did it. Well, that's what, you know, the young kids have to do. They have to, where do they want to go? Not with their parents or with everybody else, you know, to do things. So they have yep. to. But actually, what we're going to do, Sarah, we'll take a break, and we're going to come back. I'm going to put you on the spot today. Oh, Lord. You ain't getting away with it, so. <laughs> I'm with my guest Sarah Taylor. This is Jane Loving, host of Loving That Sport Talk, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 
at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Tired of the same mundane talk radio show, boring opinions, and people not knowing or telling the truth? Tune into The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. This show is brought to you by two men who know the good, the bad, and the ugly of professional sports. Josh and Otis's experience and careers in the NFL give them access to the inside information and a reason to have a candid opinion. Tune into the Voice America Sports Channel Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific. The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. It's more than sports talk. It's a way of life. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving back hosting Loving That Sports Talk with my guest Sarah Taylor. Uh, owner of Ciroc Phoenix Dance. How you doing, Sarah? You still I'm here? I'm pretty good. I'm still here. Well, you didn't leave, did you? No, I didn't run away from you. <laughs> well, we was talking about, you know, uh, on the break, like, you know, it's, uh, about how, uh, we talk about Dance with the Stars, that, that show. And I see a lot of football players that get on there and they have them on there. And, like, after they do their interview, they say, that was brutal. <laughs> More hard than football training. How is that, you know, your, your body? I think... It's the coordination as well, isn't it? You're trying to learn all these different styles. And the thing about dance is it wants to look graceful. It wants to look easy, you know. So people think it's easier than what it is, you know. And these dancers on those shows, the professional dancers, have been training for years, their whole lives. You know, and we expect somebody to come on in that's never danced or maybe has a bit of rhythm, you know, enjoys moving around and stuff, but not done that technical side of stuff. Um... And, you know, they're expected to pick it up. And it's really, really challenging. I mean, I take my hat off to anyone that has a, you know, gives it a go. Now, what you were saying, like, I mean, like, are you using, like, you know, cause I know when uh, I was with the Eagles, Buddy Ryan, our coach, brought in this lady that um, uh, she was a um, whatever, aerobics trainer. Mm-hmm. The trainer's different thing, how you use different parts of, I mean, the body that we didn't know. Is that how it is with dance? Like, you using parts that, you know? Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, when you're dancing, you're using every single muscle of the body. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything. You know, they, and dancers these days, they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And sometimes, even I look at them and go, how on earth did they do that? I know you was talking about, you could tell when a dancer body all fit. And mu- I mean, you was looking at me like, you're a dancer? But anyway. I my was. Yeah, I yeah. was. <laughs> but anyway, we'll we go back to that later on the show, too. <laughs> but, you know, like you say, but that is good for an uh, athlete with anything like soccer, football, or 
the the have this dancing thing that, that, that related in this sport, right? Oh, definitely. Because the thing about dance is it makes your core very strong. Mm. You know, so it makes your balance better, your coordination better. Um, I know a lot of the soccer players in the UK do you know do dance. You know, they have ballet lessons just you know for strength, you know, for agility. Um, you know, because those guys are you know they have to lift the girls. They you know they're doing huge yeah. jumps. You know, and their elevation that they get off the ground. You know, it's only beneficial. Now, is this like some like you know? I see like um, college cheerleader guys. Is that is that good for them? Because I see them throwing people up and they the muscles. To be honest, I don't know anything about okay. cheerleading because cheerleading isn't something that's popular within the UK. Oh, it's not. No, we don't have cheerleaders at our games. Well, we're gonna get into that. You know, <laughs> what's popular? Because we talk about like your football is rugby, right? Well, it's yeah, soccer. technically. Is it soccer? We call soccer football. Okay. Well, basically, you're All kicking right. a ball with your feet, right? So it makes right, sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we have rugby, which is probably the closest to what we would class as American football. Yeah. Um, but, of course, the rugby players, they don't have any padding or anything. Right. You know, and a lot of, you know, you, you go through that controversy thing of, you know, that rugby players are tougher because they got yeah. no padding, you right. know, they don't have any um, <laughs> safety equipment on them. Um, the, the most they do is tape their ears to the head so they don't get pulled off. But, um, you know, so that's like a bit of controversy. Let me ask you this before we get into that. You know, you was telling me a little story about you and your mate. I didn't know mate mean your friend. I'm thinking your <laughs> husband, you know. But, you know, your mate was at a game. Tell that story. And I'm like. We went to, um, we were very lucky, we managed to get some tickets to um, a Scottish Claymores um, game that was being held in Germany. And um, we were in the VIP section and we were thinking, this is great, you know, we were getting all these little nibbles and things to eat. And it was wonderful, we were having a really, really good day. And we're watching the game and of course neither one of us knew anything about American football, right? <laughs> right. And the next thing we know, all the people in the crowds are standing up and cheering and they're going on, you know, really getting excited. And this is all the Claymore fans. And we we kind of looked around and we're like, what happened? What happened? And they were like, they just got an interception. You know, and I mean, it was like a huge thing. So we kind of got up at like five seconds after everybody else and started to cheer. Yeah. We didn't have a clue what was going on, but we had a really good time. We did. Now, why is that, Sarah? You know, I won't put you on the spot, but why American football is so different? Nobody know about that. And isn't it the same like the ball been, you know? You know, cause well, I'm not a rugby guy or how soccer, but is it kicked around down there and then thrown around or how is it? To be honest, I'm not a rugby person myself. You're not. <laughs> no, I, I'm a soccer girl. Um, but you know, soccer is meant like football over here, right? Your soccer is a football, right? Because yeah. it's so big. That's what you were saying. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. I mean, the main sport in the UK is without mm -hmm. a doubt our, our football, our soccer. Um, you know, whereas I suppose over here you've, you've got quite a few dominant sports. You've right. got baseball, basketball, and American football. Well, football, football and being probably basketball, the first, yeah. and then baseball. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, but whereas for us, it's predominantly soccer, right. then rugby behind it, okay. and then maybe cricket or, you know, cricket. something like that. Okay. But Let me ask you this question. I'm going to put you on the spot, really. I, I shouldn't do this. <laughs> but we have over here the Raiders football team. Okay. And the Raiders like the bad team. They always fight at the game. Okay. Soccer, when you see that they fighting all the time in the stand. Why is that? You know, I mean, it's really bad, isn't it? Why? It can be. It can be. Um... And it, there's no, it's not necessarily fights on the pitch, it's the fans. It's the fans, right. Yeah. Now, it's the fans of football, too. Yeah. But it's not the players. I mean the fans. Yeah, yeah. But the problem that we have is sometimes, you know, you've got one big city 
and it's literally divided in half. You okay. know, you've got half, say, say Manchester, it's a well-known one. You've got Manchester okay. United against Manchester City. Um, and I mean, they're just local rivals, just a, you yeah. know, so they're always going to hate each other. Mm. Um, and then in other um, cities like Glasgow, you've got Rangers and then you've got Celtic. And the thing about Rangers and Celtic is Celtic is predominantly Catholic and Rangers is predominantly Protestant. So oh. you've also got a religious factor in there too. Oh. So... I mean, it's, you know, it's local rivalries. Everybody hates, you know, the other clubs. Yeah. You know, it's well, just part of it. That's why I was saying, like, the Raiders, everybody hates the Raiders. So whoever the Raiders play, there's always a fight at the game. I mean, don't go to the Raiders games, they say, you know. Okay. Whatever go, you know. <laughs> so that's why I was meaning, because I always see soccer. I'm like, God, they always fight, you know. But that's their main sport, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's probably like here, our main sport is football, the biggest one. So mm-hmm. that's probably why you have all that. And they're just so passionate about it, too. I mean... People take it to the absolute extreme. You know, they never miss a game. You know, we have, you know, jokes in the UK that, you know, I'm a footballer's wife. You know, I never see my husband on the weekend. And, you know, because all they do is watch the games and it's back to back, you know. And it's, they're just so passionate about it. You know, everybody plays it. You know, kids, you see kids in the street all the time with a football at their feet. Well, let me ask you this. Like, for football here, uh, they look for scoring. Touchdown, that touchdown, you know. Soccer, you only have one or two scores a game. How do yep. you get into that to stay into that? Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, do. I do understand. I do. I, you know, and it's exciting when you've got a game that's got lots of goals going in. Right. But what you if know, it's a one to nothing game? How do you? Because it's that, that whole build-up, isn't it? There's anticipation throughout the whole game, oh, where you've got, you know, somebody makes an attacking. Oh, they're going to score! They're going to score! Uh-huh. Oh, they missed. Okay. You know, and then they goes the other end. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh no, he saved it. You know, so you know, yeah. but it was a great save. You know, so you've always got anticipation throughout your ninety minutes, and it's probably the anticipation that keeps you going. Because I know, like in b- baseball, you know, baseball get boring. People over here because. There's no scoring. Oh, pop fly, he out, strike out, you know. Mm-hmm. But when the runs keep coming out, it's all exciting. But then after that, it's like, oh, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. a fly out, you know. It's just how you keep your attention to. I, I don't, I think it has to, it's just the anticipation. That's all I can say, really, because, um, you know, I've been to some football games myself, you know, soccer games myself mm-hmm. back home. And the adrenaline from the crowd, and I mean, it's just amazing. Do you get into it and yell and all that stuff? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got all our football songs. All the clubs have got songs that they sing as uh, well. Oh, yeah? You know, yeah. So you want those people to be starting the fights out there. What absolutely you not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that. But, you know, uh, back to what we were saying, like, give us a daily workout with, like, either dance or one day or soccer, what you would tell a young kid, what they have to put into it. Well, I mean, going from my experience in the dance world, I mean, right. I literally did it eight hours a day. I mean, just work, 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 and, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't take breaks or nothing? Yeah, I mean, we had breaks. You know, we'd have maybe a, a two-hour ballet class first thing. Mm. Then you'd have a bit of a break, and then you might have a jazz class for, you know, an hour and a half. And then you, you know, have your lunch break, and then mm. you come back, and you've got, like, a point work class, which is where you're dancing on your toes. Um, then you have another break, and then you might have, you know, a tap class or something. Okay. So, I mean... Um, you know, as a, a dancer, it's always good to have lots of different dance styles, you know, under your belt. Like, what kind of dance style is different, like, um, 
Well, I mean... Salsa, chata, what, what were you doing? Like, what do you mean by that? Well, with the, especially with the solo dancing, you know, you need to have your ballet. Your ballet is the most important. That's what's going to bring you up with your technique. It's going to okay. give you flexibility. It's going to give you strength, um, core strength, as well as, you know, just the legs and stuff. Um, you know, and then from there, that can go into contemporary dance or jazz dance. Um, you know, but then if you want to diverse into your dance and do, say, maybe Broadway stuff... You need to have some musical theatre behind you, you know, so you'll take vocal lessons and you'll take, you know, tap dancing classes um, just so you've got more variety. Um, And then, I mean, if you can do some partner work as well, even better. What's your favourite? My favourite was always ballet. Oh, ballet? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Always. You ever did any, like opera thing? You know, like what's that? Am I saying it right? Um, Op- no, I opera? didn't. I had what some. I had some friends that danced in Phantom of the Opera. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did. I had loads of friends that have gone into you know the musical theater world. But again, I was all about the teaching. Over there, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. The dancing, you telling the story, right? It's Pretty much. Found basic, yeah. Is it? Is that what they do? Yeah, it's Your it's movement? expression. It's always you know expression. You know, the ballets like Swan Lake, and not, I mean, they have storylines. But, um, you know, sometimes you'll just see a piece, like a contemporary piece. Mm. So they've got, you know, set amount of music. And the dancers are just expressing themselves. Phantom of the Opera, what was that? That was, um, God, I know that. It's, it's, it's well known, right? Yeah, Phantom of the Opera is a, a really well known. You'll, you'll recognize the mask. It's a, the half white mask yeah. on the man's face. Yeah. So, but it's a great musical. You ever thought about wanting to do something like that? No, I never wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I only ever wanted to teach. I mean, I did end up doing some music videos and stuff like that. Oh, did you, you know, yeah, just because I was there and you know helped out. But well, what we're gonna do, Sarah? We got Sarah Taylor. We'll take another break, and we got we'll come back and we're just gonna keep drilling her. You know, find out more about her and what we got going on. But this is James Loving host and Loving That Sports Talk, and we'll be right back. <laughs> flagship station for sports voice america sports have we got a high energy all access sports show for you it's outside the huddle starring lemond williams each week join lemond as he takes callers discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Tune in every Monday after the busy sports weekend to catch the Vision Sports Radio with host Thomas Lewis. We'll look at sports from every level, from what happened years ago to what happened last week to what's coming next. Thomas Lewis will take you to places you've never been before on a sports talk show and will bring an experience you've been waiting for. Our topics will focus on realities facing a player, labor disputes, academics, recruiting, and transition. Tune in to Catch the Vision Sports Radio, Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, by host and Loving That Sports Talk, and I got Sarah still in the studio. You here, Sarah? I'm still here. And I got another guest on the line that I'm actually fortunate enough to play junior college football with. Great friend took me in and showed me the ropes out there. His mom and dad took me into the house, and, you know, he taught me a little bit about football and living life. Um, young man, Ross Simmer, are you there? I am, James. How you doing today, Ross? doing well thanks and yourself i'm doing good you know what uh, listen you know i know about you a lot you know um you like a brother me grew up you know and we play football together we've done a lot of things you know um work together at the fair but tell tell the listeners out there a little bit about yourself how you coach and you have your kids are you um yeah it's you know what you start missing the sport after a few years i played for uh 19 years fortunate enough to play two of those years with yourself james um and if any of you out there uh, are listening to this, you guys would have been absolutely amazing. You there, Ross? Well, Ross got cut off, and he didn't get back online. But you got the spot now, Sarah. <laughs> it's all about me, yeah. huh? <laughs> well, you know, since we got this little time, tell about what you're doing with your, your son, Sarah, and all that. Okay, basically, my, my son's hugely into soccer. Um, you know, and he's been playing at a club in Phoenix that we've been very, very happy with. Um, it's Benfica Soccer Club, and he's been loving it, absolutely loving it. Um, my son and some of his teammates is a group of 10, 11-year-olds that have got an opportunity to train in Portugal for a week, Lisbon, Portugal. Um, they're going to be doing intense training every morning. Um, they're going to be playing international games. They're going to get a bit of sightseeing in there too, obviously. And uh, they're going to actually see one of the, you know, the major soccer teams play as well. Um, so we're crazy uh, with fundraising to yeah. help these kids go. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, finances be talent. You know, and these days you do need money to back you up, unfortunately. Um, you know, and the kids, they're needing some help, James. Um, I'll be really honest. They're not asking for free handouts. They've been working really, really hard. They did a, they did a sponsored decathlon, you know, where it was all soccer related. They've done car washes, they've held candle parties, they've done float nights, you know, barbecues. They've, um, you know, shoe carnival on Pebble Creek. I want to give a big shout out to them because they were very um, kind in letting us go outside of their store and, uh, you know, do a raffle outside there or a drawing. 
Um, you know, they, the kids have been begging outside shops. I mean, you name it. But, you know, they need some help. So we're, we're trying to get other ideas out there. Um, you know, we've had some people that have managed to give us some items that we can use for raffle, you know, drawing prizes. Um, you know, but anything at all, you know, the kids just need help. Well, what we do, Sarah, on last segment, we'll get you to talk more about that. But mm-hmm. we got Ross back online. You on, Ross? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, now, sorry about that. Well, go ahead, Finch, what you were saying. You got cut off. Uh, yeah, I was just um, letting the listeners know it's uh, when you play football, it's, it, it's something that becomes really part of your life. And whenever that um, is taken away because your career ends, you know, whether it be your choice or not, you know, some people, for myself, it just it just ended. I called it quits on my own. It went out on my own terms. And it's uh, something you look forward to always being able to get back into uh, with your children. You know, it's not like um, a lot of the other sports like basketball where you can do a pickup game on, on the weekend or during the evenings. It's uh, something that that's inside you. And I'll tell you what, whenever my children found out that I played, um, they were absolutely shocked because I kept photo albums and everything kind of hidden from them for years because I've never really wanted them to have to feel like they fall, needed to follow in my footsteps. I wanted them to create their own. So uh, when they did find out, they were all excited. And uh, this year, for the first time, I've got uh, my 11-year-old and my 12-year-old playing on the same team here in uh, Rohnert Park, California. And it's the uh, best feeling you could have as a parent being able to coach and watch your children develop on the field and off. Well, Ross, you know, we got cut off, but tell me a little bit about what you played, you know, and let us know about what you played and all like that, what you've done in your career, you know, and all that. Well, after uh, playing with you the two years at the junior college, and as I was saying earlier, that was just, if any of your listeners are not aware of the things you used to do on the field, it it was absolutely magical to sit uh, on the sidelines whenever the offense is in and watch you um, just put on a showcase, game after game. It was uh, it was something to watch, and uh, I'll tell you what, it, it's special whenever you're able to watch an NFL talent on the field at a junior college level, such as yourself, and uh, do the things you did on a day in and day out basis. But um, for myself, after junior college, I um, went up and played in Oregon for two years, and then I. Uh, for another four seasons after that, I went ahead and uh, played overseas. I played in London, Sweden, it- Italy, and Scotland. Um, Yay! <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a good time. And you're from where? I'm from Scotland. <laughs> from Scotland, what part? I'm from Dumfries, southwest. Oh, okay, I was uh, living in Glasgow. With the Claymores? Uh, they were actually the, uh, the Lions. Ah, okay. Very good. But uh, it, it was a good little career mm-hmm. uh, I had. And uh, like I said, it was, I was one of the fortunate ones to where I ended my career on, on my own terms. I just figured I became a certain age, and if the NFL hadn't come knocking on my door by that time, it was uh, time for me to step out while I can still go out on my own regard. But, but your career, Ross, and, and like I said, I played with you, and the hard work you put on the field, and I've seen you put off the field, you know, and I got to put a shout-out for your mom and dad. Can I do that, Ross? <laughs> yes, they were sir. just wonderful to us, you know. And, you know, we talked about, you know, that a few nights ago. But what you put on the field, and, like, me, you talked about how you teaching your kids now, what Sarah's talking about, you know, teaching kids. It's amazing how we can help these kids. And, like, what, you say, what, what would you say to help these kids out there and what you see on the field with your son? You know what? 
it's just being there um, for the kids on a day-in and day-out basis. Um, it, it's football, and I tell all the children, it's, and I preach to the parents after practice, it's the ultimate team sport. Um, it teaches you lifelong lessons on teamwork, uh, dependability, reliability, um, stick-to-itiveness. It, there's just a lot, of, a lot of aspects surrounding the sport that you carry on throughout the rest of your life. And with the children, to assist in their development, I've found it's just talking to them. It's a team sport but it's a team sport of individuals out there on the field and trying to connect with each individual is what you find the most challenging to where you can get the most out of one player through encouragement. Another player, you might have to get the best out of them by, you know, getting in and getting a little bit more aggressive with them towards other individuals. They're, they don't take to that. Some individuals, they take, just to words of encouragement. Others you need to yell at. Others you don't really need to do anything. They're self-motivators. Um, so you you got to realize you have a team of individuals and you got to fit your offensive and defensive schemes and game plans to those individuals' talents and abilities. What do you think about that, Sarah? I think um, Ross has hit the nail on the head there. You know, everybody learns differently Um you know, and it's with every sport, isn't it? You've you've got to, you know, look at each individual and say, you know, how are they going to learn the best? You know, and it's you know when a coach can tune into how this kid learns and how that kid learns, and you know, it's a talent for the coaches to have. You know, and that's what builds the teams. Um, you know, I always find it quite interesting too that, you know, you've got players. You know, I'm going to refer to soccer here, but you've got players that play, say, on Manchester United, and then someone who plays on Manchester City. So normally they would hate each other, and then they play for England, and they have to play together. You know, and it's, you know, it's about being, you know, about the game, you know, and putting personal feelings aside to get that team together, so. You hear that, Ross? Absolutely, and I'll even go a step further than, even than what the, she has mentioned. It's for myself being a parent, coaching your own children, and I'll throw this out as a word of advice to any parents out there um, coaching their own children. When you're coaching your own children, it, it becomes easy to drive a spike or a wedge between yourself and your child um, with the things that take place on the field, um, towards it can affect the relationship with your children at home. Um, I, what I have found best, and we actually go to uh, coaching clinics and we have uh, guest speakers come in and teach us um, aspects about coaching and uh, things that really there is no playbook for there is nothing that you can go to the library and say okay how can I coach my own son as opposed to coaching a different player um, and I'll just speak from experience what I have found is that um, I don't coach my children on the field um, I try at all possible not to uh, not to um, correct them when they're wrong or praise them for what they've done right and I leave that up to the other coaches. Um, I speak with them and we talk about things and we work on drills and footwork and catching and you know the cutting and staying low when you hit. We do all that at the house, but once we get to the field, um, it's hard to transition from dad to coach. So I've, like I said, I found it easiest not to coach my own son 
until practice is over, and he comes to me wanting that type of assistance and or help. Do they call you dad or do they call you coach on the Um, field? It's funny because my oldest, he doesn't call me dad or coach. He just talks to me. My (laughs) youngest... And I'll, I'll tell you something. It was kind of un- it was it was just a strange feeling. I showed up to practice probably oh ten fifteen minutes late the other day, and uh, the first thing my youngest did is he walks over to me just before the practice started and gave me a big hug. It's because that's what we do. You know, that's the way I've raised my children, and to do that in front of the other players. At first, I was kind of it kind of was awkward, but. Um, it's still my son, yeah. you know, so it, my youngest calls me dad. My oldest doesn't call me dad or coach. He just talks. Whenever <laughs> he wants to know something, he'll just outright ask me. Well, Ross and, and Sarah, you know, uh, I'm not going to take a break because this is so good. We'll go right through to the end of the show. But, Ross, I'm going to ask you a question, Sarah, you know. Uh, how is it um, um, if, if I'm a, a troubled player, but I got talent, you know, what you say, well, soccer or dance, and you see the talent in me, but I got this, I'm not, I don't want to work hard, and I got this attitude that I want to use my talent. How would you bring that out of me? Ross, how would you bring it out in, like, your son that you don't want to coach, but you know he's great and all like that, bring it on, but you don't want to show no favoritism. And Sarah, how are you bringing it out with somebody? You want to go first, Sarah? Um, we'll let Sarah go first, Ross, as a lady. Right, Ross? Absolutely. Oh, thanks. Throw me under the bus. <laughs> um, no, I think you, you've got to um, sort of know that individual at least a little bit and find the best individual to work with them. You know, as part of a, a coach or a teacher, or, you know, you've got to know, you know what, I'm not the right person to help this person. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be able to say, it's not for me. I can, I can, I'm going to pass you over and speak to somebody else because the... the Maybe the worst thing you could probably do is to try and help a situation if you know you're not going to. You know, hold your hands up and say, I can't do this. This isn't my forte. This isn't my strength for this individual. But I've seen that, you know, they're really connected or they seem to really respect this coach or that person. Mm. And then go through that avenue, see if you can get help that way. What do you think, Rob? You know what? Um it's uh, it, it, once again. It, it's a it's a sport of individuals. Um, we've had some players over the past few years that have um, come from a, a troubled background, and the great thing about football is uh, the troubles you go through in a day, in a life, in a week, in a month, at your job, um, at home with your parents. I try letting the children know that football is the one sport you can let out all your aggressions and play at an emotional high Mm. and probably is the only sport out there where you can actually do better playing off of emotion versus golf where you have to keep your emotions in check 100% of the time same scenario in baseball especially if you're hitting Um, you got to you got to keep your emotions in check. You can't let a strikeout bother you, otherwise it'll start affecting your swing. Mm-hmm. Football's a sport where you can let those aggressions out, and you'll find that uh, the kids that have a little bit of problem or a little bit of history in their background, pull them to the side and let them know, you know what, you've got more in you. I know you do because I can see it. It's just a matter of being able to show them how to unleash the full potential they have. 
and uh, lots of times, like I say, it's just a word of encouragement. We've got some kids on the team. It's just a challenge of saying, you know what, I want you on this side of the ball, and I want the other person on the other side of the ball, and you know what, if they get past this spot, it's a touchdown. And on defense, we don't allow touchdowns. On offense, we do nothing but score. So they each have a challenge, and you throw a challenge at a child that has a past, lots of times you will see them flourish like a flower. It's just amazing to see them come out and show their full potential. We've got a child on our team that scored over 30 touchdowns Mm. last year. He would average between 150 and 250 yards per game as an 11-year-old. He was absolutely amazing to watch his strength, his speed, and then be able to take a child like that and teach him something like a stiff arm the proper way how to stiff arm somebody and to use that as a weapon. I showed him it in two practices and it increased his yardage by 50 to 60 yards per game just trying to show just showing him how to properly stiff arm somebody. Mm-hmm. It's and then you they apply that during the middle of a play or when they're in a bad position to get out of it. It's they get excitement they get better by watching you as a coach get excited for them because lots of times they don't have that at home as opposed to somebody getting excited for them they're getting verbally abused for things they didn't do or they should have done but they didn't know how to do them the good thing about football is we give you all the tools all you have to show up with on a daily basis is the want to that's the only thing we can't give a child is the want to but but let me ask you this, Ross and Sarah. Are all kids coachable? Sarah, you have kids come in there and might not have the, um, the, the whatever I'm trying the to say, balance <laughs> or arrow. Are they coachable? Or Ross, are all football kids, you know, that go well, I mean, you can always um, you can always improve them. The problem that I've come across within the dance world mm. is that mommy wants daughter to dance mm-hmm. so mommy sends daughter to ballet she hates it um, you know and is just standing at the back of the room sulking you know and will not do anything for you I mean then you're on a losing battle they don't like it you know they, you can try all your different you know tools and tricks that you've got and you know they might crack a smile every now and again or make friends with the rest of the people within the class um, but they're never going to be pro dancers because they just don't want to do it. I'm glad you said that, Sarah, because, Ross, I'm going to come back to you. With, that's just like football. Daddy wants the kid to play football, live the dream through them, and they don't want to play it. So what do you say about that, Ross? It's funny you say that, James. I, um, you get certain children that seem to want to uh, get an injury or something goes wrong um, when there's big hitting drills um, going on. And you notice those children right off the bat. And the first thing I would tell every parent out there is to tell their children, especially when it comes to football, that if they don't want to play, it's okay. Don't try to make your child follow in your footsteps. We're here to teach our children right from wrong and to raise them to be a good person. And if they make all their decisions with the right intentions, and they treat people with respect, and they're good people towards others, you've succeeded as a parent. Anything else is icing on the cake. Um, So I I would tell you, James, all children are are coachable, but it's a matter of the want to. 
once again. And if they show up and they want to get better, one commitment we make to every parent is you'll see your child get better within the first two weeks. You will see your child lose weight within the first two weeks and be in better shape and have a little bit more um, knowledge of what teamwork and overall uh, commitment to personal values are. That's Once again, football, is, it, it just teaches you lifelong lessons that you'll carry for the rest of your life. And you know that, James. I mean, right. the... Uh, the dedication you showed on a day-in and day-out basis to run the patterns that you ran during practice and on every play run 40 and 50 yards and be back in the huddle within 10 seconds of running those 40 yards, breathing like there's no tomorrow, and hit it again for the next play. And that's kind of the way our offense ran, and you and – the other receiver opposite of you would go the whole practice like that. That's how you got your conditioning, but you wanted to do it. Right. You know what, Ross? Uh, I'm going to give Sarah. We got four minutes left. Let Sarah talk about what she's doing, what she's doing in two minutes, and what you're doing, Ross. And uh, like I say, you know, I'm gl- glad we're going to have you on again, Ross, again, and Sarah. So, you know, but go ahead, Sarah, first. Um. You want me to talk about the soccer program? Yes. Yeah. Um, basically, we're appealing to anybody that can help these kids out. Like I said, they're going to be going to Portugal for a week of training. Um, we've got some kids that you know, are desperate to go, and they've got the skill level. They deserve to go. They love the game, um, but they're just really struggling to come up with the money. Um, like I say, we've done everything. We've begged outside shops. We've you know, ran barbecues. We've done everything we possibly can. These kids aren't you know, getting off lightly and just asking for a handout. So if there's anybody at all that would be willing to make a donation, these kids, it's a a non-profit club, so it would be a tax write-off. But, I mean, even, you know, things like, you know, golf courses and stuff. If they do, like, a round of golf for four that we can use in a prize giveaway, people love that stuff. You know, and it's not necessarily money coming out of the pocket, but it would still benefit the club. So if anybody at all, you know, tickets for things or um, anything like that. How can I get in touch with you, Sarah? You can get in touch with me via email. Yes. Um, or you can go to the um, the website. Do you want my email? Yeah. My email yeah. is um, oh, it's a ridiculous one. It's Sarah Louise Frog. So it's S A R A H Louise L O U I S E Frog. It's my nickname F R O G at hotmail dot com. And the Benfica website um, is azbenfica.com. So and that would be um, get all your telephone numbers and stuff too. Or you can email me and I'll get it out to Sarah. Absolutely. Go ahead, Ross. Tell them about yourself. What you're doing out there and great things. Well, um, other than coaching James, as you know, I've been now with um, Pepsi for the last 19 years. Um, I actually oversee the recreation and amusement locations for Pepsi here in four counties. I have a little little over 1,500 customer account base that I manage and negotiate contracts with. But um, like I said earlier, I get my um, passion and my enjoyment out of coaching my children um, who are sitting here with me now, just watching them develop and watching them uh, just go out on a daily basis to do better is what brings me enjoyment in my life. Um, and I'll tell you, if any parents have a child, they would like to get them enrolled and involved in the sports. Uh, football is definitely a sport that will teach them a lot about life. And uh, 
keep them motivated doing bigger and better things for the rest of their life, including through school. You know what, Russ? I'm really scared to put my son in football because I think it's rough. <laughs> I'm scared he's going to get hurt. I'm like, no, do soccer. <laughs> you know what? And one thing I've told my children is uh, no matter what sport you play, there's injuries involved. This is true, um, but I mean, you guys have got huge guys coming chasing at you. You know, it's scary stuff. Yeah, but you know what? It's uh, my, it's funny you say that. My oldest looks is looking over at me laughing right now. Um, he thought the same thing. And I'll tell you, my youngest broke his leg, his uh, tibia, two years ago. And he was sitting in the emergency room with tears coming out of his eyes. And he says, Dad, I don't want to play football now. And I said, why is that, Jake? And he says, because you said I would get hurt worse in football. I said, that is not what I said. I said that there's more of a chance of getting hurt in football if you're not going 100% all the time. And um, he's now playing this year for the first time, and he absolutely loves it. He absolutely loves it. And I'll tell you, my oldest who played last year was a little bit timid last year. This year, he's come out of his shell, and he's one of the top hitters on our team. And it's it's just amazing to watch them go from one level to the next. Well, you know, Ross, a time and cut show. But next week, what we could do is we get your son on the show and Sarah's son, you know, have you guys, and we can have them talk and be on the show. So we can set that up for next week. You know, have your son on there, Ross, and Sarah's son, and okay. we can talk, you know, what they feel about the sport, you know. But my time is short, but thanks, Sarah Taylor, for coming thank in. Thank you for having me. And Ross Simmons, thank you. And you know, Ross, hey, we go way back. Absolutely. Hey. Absolutely. We're always there for each other. Uh, hey, you know what? I'm going to put this on the show. You'll be one of my sponsors, right, Ross? <laughs> <laughs> See what we can do, James. <laughs> all right. I'm not going to make a commitment in front of all the listeners at the moment. <laughs> all right. Well, this is James Lovey Hosting Love That Sport Talk, and we'll be right back next week. I love That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.